Hello everyone and welcome back to the Relove Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Essie Spencer, and I am really glad that you are here. I'm an author, a coach, and I help brilliant magical women like you to create love. And in this podcast, I answer listener questions about the dating process, about the relating process. I speak into themes that are emerging out of my coaching containers. So what I'm noticing women are wondering about and asking about and working with at the moment. So I coach specifically around self-love. So I help women come into unconditional love and self-acceptance, return to their natural self-worth and have fun dating and become irresistible to the love that they long for. I've helped women all around the world from their 20s through to their 60s to step into beautiful, delicious, next level relationships and go through a pretty major 360 life upgrade as a result. So I do believe that the cornerstone of all of this, if you will, or the heart of it all is self-love, our relationship with ourselves. And so that's why you'll often hear me speak about self-love, self-worth, self-compassion, self-acceptance. These are all fundamental tenets of the Relove Method. Now, in this particular podcast episode, I will actually go through another listener question which came up, which is actually a beautiful dovetailing with the previous episode. So the question that I received, which I'll address in this particular episode, is how to deal with tricky questions about my past relationships. And that's specifically in the context of when you are dating and your suitors are asking you questions. Like the classic one is, why are you still single? You are such a catch. (laughs) What is going on? And I'm sure if you have been dating in the modern moment, you have been the recipient of that question and it can feel a little icky to receive that question. So that question, similar questions are, for example, why did you get divorced or why did you decide not to get married to your former fiance? Why have you not had a relationship for a while? Or why have you been single for so long? Or why have you not been in a long-term relationship? Variations upon the theme are going to come up for you if you are dating. And if that's the case for you, I think you'll find that this particular episode will be helpful as you hold yourself and as you navigate those questions gracefully if you so choose to, right? Because you're never under any obligation if it leaves you with a bit of a funny feeling, right? Like it's perfectly fine to say, hey, I am not really feeling comfortable with that question. And, you know, that may mean that you reach the end of the road with that person who asked the question and that might be perfectly fine. All right. So in answer to the question, again, obviously inviting you to speak into a truth that is your truth. And one way that you can answer the question, if this has indeed been true for you, I know it has been true for a lot of my clients. And I touched into this in the previous episode as well, is that your truth may be that you have been prioritizing other things rather than long-term relationship. And, you know, we do have this cultural cliche, I think, that men tend to want to get their career in order and get ready before they're ready to, you know, settle down and make a commitment. They want to kick some goals. They want to have a certain amount of money in the bank or whatever it is. And the reason why I say it's a cliche, because it's actually true for many men, but it can also be true of other genders as well. Like a lot of women also do want to be in a place of real, um, you know, carriage of themselves and carriage of their work and their career. Um, Some women that I work with have been really mission-driven. I work with a lot of coaches and therapists and healers and medicine women who have really needed to have a 
extended period of alone time in order to master their craft, to go through a number of soul initiatory lessons, to midwife and doula themselves actually into a, um, a, you know, an adulthood, which has not necessarily been laid out inside of the social circles that they've grown up in, inside of the families that they've grown up in as well. And so having a period of time in their lives through their twenties, through their thirties, even their forties, where they've focused on themselves and their own spiritual development as well as their own professional development, as well as, you know, their other aspects of their life as well, their craft, their artistry, their social life, you know, their personal development, you know, whatever is true and real for you is something which is not just a male thing, right? Like it's absolutely uh, the case that you can be a woman and have have chosen to focus your attention and energy in other places. And now for whatever reason, your priorities are shifting. And maybe that reason is biological. Maybe it is that you're feeling lonely and you're really craving that deeper intimacy and connection with someone in a romantic partnership. Maybe it is that you have been, you know, really knocked around by the pandemic and it started to have you question some of your priorities in life and where you put your time and attention. And there's a natural shift, which has been brought on by external conditions as well. Like all of these things could be true and real. And you can talk into anything that's authentic for you inside of your own experience in the way, you know, using some of the examples or pointing to some of the areas of your life that I've just suggested, which is actually going to be incredibly fascinating for somebody who is curious, for somebody who is mature, for somebody who's going to respect your journey as a sovereign woman and your journey into to sovereignty and the choices that you've made, which maybe have not been, say, socially acceptable choices, or maybe it's not the choices that your parents would have wanted you to make, or maybe it's not the choices that your peers have made. And still you decided to choose yourself and to listen to your intuition and follow your own path in life anyway. You know, there's something incredibly beautiful about that. And don't underestimate how fascinating that can be to the right person. And so, of course, I'm never suggesting that you're making up stories, that you're spinning tales, that you are trying to construct a narrative that's going to sound good, like on the dating court. That's not what I'm suggesting. What I am saying is look inside of yourself. And the invitation is not to pathologize yourself if you haven't put romantic relationship front and center in your life. There's nothing wrong with it. You never have to. There's no rule to say you need to be in relationship, but it's okay if you haven't in the past, but now you're deciding that's something that you really do want to call in. And so owning and claiming your journey and really uh, framing your choices as choices that you have made as a sovereign being, if that is true for you, can be tremendously attractive in the dating context. So that's a way to answer the question. And a second reason I find that many of my female clients have chosen to have a period of intentional celibacy or they've chosen not to enter into a relationship has oftentimes been because they've had challenging relationship experiences in the past. And so I did touch on this on the other side of the, uh, on the table at, on the previous episode, the prequel to this episode, but it's also true for women who come to work with me, who come through the Relove Method. 
that maybe they are scared of relationship because they witnessed a dysfunctional uh, relational dynamic inside of the childhood home. And again, I work with women primarily. And so a lot of the time they've seen a primary caregiver who is female, who's given up her dreams and who has not uh, been happy about that or who has been maltreated inside of the family home. And they've made a decision not to replicate the path of their mother. Or it can also be the case they've decided that they're not going to replicate the path of their father if they relate more with the masculine uh, caregiver. And sometimes, of course, the women that I work with have had toxic relationships in the past, not always, but sometimes they have been really badly hurt or they've had the wool pulled over their eyes in a relationship in the past. And so that's caused them to be fearful about relationships. That's caused them to be really um, mistrusting of relationships. And it's also caused them to put up some guardrails around their heart. So to protect themselves from getting hurt again, And this is so understandable, by the way, it's such a natural human reflex. If you've been hurt in relationship or you've witnessed someone that you love being hurt in relationship, it makes so much sense that you would then protect yourself. This becomes, of course, like challenging when you also have a counterfailing desire to be in relationship, right? So this push-pull can be something which can create some tension and at the point at which, you know, the desire to be in relationship starts to override the fear of relationship or indeed the hurt and the harm from the past can be a really amazing time to reach out and get help, right? In whichever way you choose to get that help, listening to these podcasts, listening to other podcasts, reading books, going to see a therapist and getting coaching, like whatever is going to be the right conduit for you. And maybe a combination of all of those things actually, Uh, can be something that is really helpful as you are really letting down those guardrails around your heart, as you are very gently opening up and re-entering the dating world. And so, of course, if you are in this category and someone asks you the question, why have you been single for so long? (laughs) Like, yeah, so what's going on? What should I know? Why haven't you had a partner? Why haven't you been married? Like, you're so gorgeous. Why no kids? Those kind of questions. And again, I know that my female clients get these all the time and they're really upsetting, particularly if you're still in that place of emerging into the dating world and you might be carrying a lot of guilt and shame about your past, about how long it's taken you to get to the place where you are opening up. You may feel embarrassed about the decisions that you've made. You may be feeling bad about yourself. And so when someone asks you that question, of course, that can have a compounding effect and it can make you just want to retreat and just like throw the fortress walls back up again and disengage with that person. And again, I absolutely understand. Now, of course, most people, when they're asking the question, you know, it's coming like from a a bit of an insensitive place that's often coming from a place of insecurity on their part. They haven't really um, thought through what the impact of their question is, you know, and if you get upset, they'll be like, well, I didn't mean that. That wasn't my intention. And as we all know, if someone does something that is offensive and then say it wasn't my intention, that is one of the most annoying things to hear when the impact of that has been to like upset you or, you know, to really poke a a raw and tender part of you. So, you know, I totally get that these conversations can be challenging. And so this is why I think it can firstly be really important to ensure that you do have support structures in place. If you are feeling really tender about experiences that you have had in the past and you're putting yourself out there into the dating world. So 
you know, have those support structures in place, have a therapist, have a really supportive friend, make sure that you're really listening to positive and uplifting and calming audiobooks and podcasts and all of those kind of things. So have the support structures in place. And if it feels right for you, in addition to that, then you can say something really simple and you could prepare this line in advance if you wished. Something like, hey, I've been really crushed in the past and I've learned I need to be really gentle and tender with myself as I am exploring relationship with someone, getting to know someone. So that can be a really helpful line um, to, to practice with yourself. And if it's feeling okay for you to use that, make sure that you're not just like typing that into a text box back at spoke number two at connection phase. If you've just met someone on the app and have asked the question, like make sure that you've really vetted that person, that this seems like this is a, a kind person, an emotionally well-regulated person, someone who has sensitivity, someone who you feel like would be able to see you in that moment. That's why I always recommend that you go through this filtering process and that you wait until you have that in-person connection at Spoke 4 until you share uh, something which is a little bit more vulnerable like that. You never need to push yourself to share anything like that if it's not feeling right for you, if it's not feeling like it's the right time or if it's not feeling like you are with the right person. So then to recap, uh, if somebody asks you the question, why are you still single? Or why don't you have kids yet? Or why did you get divorced? Or some other tricky question about your past relationship history. Um, So first of all, if you don't want to reply, you don't have to reply, like particularly if that question is coming in the earlier stages. It's probably indicative that this person may not be able to meet you in the spirit of curiosity and openness, compassion, sensitivity, and maturity, which you may need to be met. Yeah. So it's okay to just brush it off, have a little quip ready, like just haven't met the right match yet. And you don't have to go any deeper than you want to. Yeah. The second thing is to really do a bit of contemplation for yourself and most importantly, really own and claim what your path has been. And then thirdly, if it feels like it's of course going to be relevant for you. And secondly, and thirdly, if it feels like this is relevant for you. And of course, only if you feel comfortable saying it, you might want to use a sentence like I've been really crushed in the past and I'm really going in a gentle and patient way with myself as I'm exploring relationship again. And I've been doing deep work and I'm feeling supported with all of that. And, you know, I'm, I'm really in in a good place and practicing self-love and self-compassion play around with something like that. That's going to feel true for you. And of course, if you would like some help with deepening into self-love and self-compassion, if you would like some help in releasing some of those blocks like guilt and shame, if you'd like some support in really claiming who you are in your magical essence and claiming your path and, and seeing that you haven't made mistakes, actually, you know, like it might seem like that to your mind, but your path is perfect. Your timing is perfect and you are absolutely perfect. And if that's something which feels out of reach for you, or it sounds like that's a nice idea, but I don't really believe that, then I invite you to go and check out my self-study program called Lovable because it has a really powerful process that will help you start to shift that thinking and start to really come into this beautiful place of self-love and self-compassion. It's a great tool inside of that Lovable self-study program. So I'd encourage you to head over to the website, Ezzy Spencer, and check it out. You can just click on self-study in the menu and you can read about it and see whether you're feeling an intuitive yes to that. And then I have got a deep dive journey. This is 
the transformational journey, the Relove experience. I'm going to hold one live mastermind in 2023. And this is really where we get down into anything that's holding you back right now in terms of showing up, showing your magic, allowing yourself to be seen and felt um, as appropriate, you know, in the dating uh, experience. Um, and in, when, you know, when you really come into your essence, and let me tell you, every single woman has got this magic inside of them. It's just a matter of releasing some of the blocks, some of the guardrails. And of course, you know, it's really anchored in this beautiful process of self-compassion and self-forgiveness, particularly if you're someone who tends to internalize other people's stuff as your responsibility to metabolize or to deal with or to respond to, then the Rela program is such a powerful re-patterning and particularly when it's done in an immersive live container. So head on over to the website, ezyspencer.com and jump onto the wait list. All of the details will be released to the wait list first. And you know, you don't have to accelerate. <laughs> you really don't have to go at what speed, like it's okay just to choose whatever pace is going to work for you and then take that pace. Yeah. Like I often say, listening to the podcast and reading books, you know, that's like a walking pace, which is really gentle. It's very comfortable. And that might be exactly where you are right now. Doing the self-study is maybe coming up to a bit of a jog and it gives you some more energy. It gives you some more tools, some more resources, maybe some like (laughs) metaphorical food and water to support you as you start to go a little bit faster. That's the self-study program lovable. And then the, um, the, the, the relove, the mastermind experience is a little bit more like getting on a train <laughs> and it's going to be a small immersive group this time around. So it's a little bit like a bullet train, like it is fast. We do start to break through some ancient and oftentimes intergenerational patterns as well and really release a whole host of blocks to your self-worth, which a lot of the time people have been carrying for life. So like the relief Oh, and like the relaxation as you let that go, it's like, you know, it, we move fast. We really do move fast in, in, in Relove. And I've been holding bigger groups over the last couple of years, but it will be a more smaller, high touch, immersive group inside of the 2023 Mastermind. So as I say, a bit more of a bullet train experience. And then just to take the metaphor home or to bring it into the sky, so to speak, like the one-on-one work is like the jab. Like that's where you get there really fast. <laughs> And so, you know, up to you, choose your own adventure. If you do want to have my help, all of the information and all of those wait lists, the wait list for the mastermind, the wait list for the one-on-one is over on the website, ezyspencer.com, and you can jump into the self-study and you can get immediate access to that right here, right now. And there's a lot of free stuff, free masterclass, free attraction Alexa. There's a free love block quiz if you want to go a little bit deeper um, inside of understanding what your blocks might be and where they're tripping you up on the Relove wheel, then that's all freely available over there on ezyspencer.com as well. So I would love if you enjoyed this episode to give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I absolutely appreciate that. Excuse me so, so, so much. And I love it when you ask the questions. So thanks for showing up here with uh, such amazing questions. And I'm wishing you all the very best in your dating. Love is absolutely possible for you and you deserve all of the love.